Welcome to Chasing Three Hours, a podcast about what runners are chasing, why they keep pushing themselves, and what keeps them curious. I'm Josh Peterson. Today's interview is with Christy Nielsen, a three-time Olympic trials qualifier and current running coach. We talk about how the girl who runs Highway 92 got so burned out, she walked away from the sport before coming back and going after big goals. Plus, what is her job as a running coach and a whole lot more. Enjoy today's interview with Christy Nielsen. Christy Nielsen, welcome to Chasing Three Hours. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be here. Happy to have you. I begin the podcast by asking the guest how their most recent run went. I don't know when you got out last because you're not on Strava. How was your most recent run? I actually am. You I, are? I am. Oh, no. I was told that you were not on Strava. I was like, I'm not even going to look for her I account. I am. I ran 20 miles this morning. It was oh, awesome. Uh, it was a great morning for a <laughs> it run. It started awesome. It got a little warm, but it was awesome. Good, Beautiful. good, good. Yes. Gotta yes. love the uh, the Saturday or Sunday long run. Saturday. Always Saturday long run. And then a lot of times double up Sunday. Yeah? So what, yeah. Do, you got, what do you got on tap tomorrow then? Um, probably 10 to 12. Nice. We'll see. This will be a big week for me. I actually did two hard workouts and yeah. Good. We'll see. Yeah. Good, good. Uh, I was doing some research on you earlier today mm-hmm. and I found out that you were from Trainer, Iowa, and that is where I lived when I was born. I texted my dad and I said, hey, we lived in Trainer, right? When I, when I was a kid. And he goes, yes, we did. So we're, we're oh, a wow. couple of, tra- I, I was born in Omaha, but I lived in Trainer as a, a baby maybe for like a year or two. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You were uh, you were really good at running early on. What, yes. what I guess was it something that you just fell in love with naturally? Was it something in your family? How did that happen? You know, it was completely natural. Um, and it's funny I look back now. I was just telling somebody this other day that, like in basketball, so I was a five sport athlete, whatever, and we didn't really run a whole lot back then, right? Like it was like in seventh and eighth grade, go run around the track. Okay. Sure. Um, and it's funny because I think about in basketball practice, I always loved when we had the 16 laps, not the 13 laps, and still didn't really recognize that, oh, this means you really like this. Um, but for me, it was like in seventh grade, I just remember I was handed the baton in last place in the distance um, distance medley or whatever, and I ran a 235-800 as a seventh grader, knowing absolutely nothing. And then it made me love it even more. Yeah. And so um, just from that point, I loved it, didn't know what I was doing, just ran because I loved it, but played sports, showed horses. Um, but yeah, I, I look back now and think, what could have I done? But I always just, I just loved running. I would go out in our yard and just run circles, you know, and my dad actually was a runner. I shouldn't say that. Um, but I mean... Long time ago, yep, and yep. it is funny because one day I always thought he was a miler. I didn't, I didn't know. And one day I was like, "Dad, what, what was your race?" He goes, "800." And I was like, "Well, what was your best 800?" And he's like, "Well, now mind you, he's like never ran except on cinder, never had spikes, never really practiced with the team because I was a farm boy, went home, and I'm like, well, what was your best?'" He's like, "201." And I'm like, "Pops, like, why didn't you tell me you were a good 800 runner? Maybe I would have done that instead of the marathon." But, but yeah, so Dad was a huge fan and uh-huh. runner, um, but, you know, never went any further than that. And my sister would have been a great runner. She had horrible feet, so she ended up just going the volleyball route. And, yeah, just, you know, so different back then. Nobody, there was no groups. There was nothing. You just ran. So, yeah, I always found myself just kind of running around the house and loving it. I wanted to ask you about that because, like, I think about running now and how it's, like, what, all of the things that we talk about, and we'll get into your career and qualifying for the Olympic trials and, and how, like, that now has become such a, 
in a way, it's like a meme. It's like a, I, this is what I have to do if I want to think of myself as a real runner. What was it like growing up in the era of running that you grew up in? Yeah, I mean, it's crazy because I look back on it so much now. And I um, just even talking with my training partner today, I was like, you know, I never even thought about it. I just did. You know, yeah. we, it sounds, oh, my gosh, I'm old. Didn't look at our watches. Didn't look at Strava. Didn't Nothing. You just ran. You ran because you could. Um, and there's things that I, you know, I'm like, man, I wish that people knew what I did. And I'm like, no, I'm kind of glad nobody knew what I did. I could go to a race and no one would even know it unless they looked up a newspaper. And I have somebody, oh, I saw you ran such and such marathon. I'm like, how'd you know? It's out of the newspaper. It, nothing was out there. You know, so actually I love it. I think it'd be a lot more stressful now. Uh-huh. Um, so there's good and bad. There's some sad things about it that there's not the recognition, but I think it would have been really stressful. I was going to say, honest. is it like a more enjoyable time when it's not all out, when there's not a million pieces of data that you can kind of lean on on a day-to-day, minute-to-minute basis? Yes, absolutely. And and I'll tell you, even towards the end of my fast, fast career, I think that was part of my issue is I could go out and look and, oh, well, this girl's ran this. Well, you ran 20 minutes faster than her. Why are you even looking at her? But that's what you start doing. We're back. I couldn't do it. There was nothing I could look at. You went and showed up and ran, and if you if you won, you won. If you didn't, you didn't. You know. So yeah. there was a, there was a n- very n- nice thing about just not knowing. You were known as the the girl who runs Highway ninety two, right? Highway ninety two. So I mean, that running had to be a huge part of like your identity. It was as a, as a little girl. What, what what's that like? Oh, you know, it it was awesome. Um, but then obviously there are times in my life that it became very stressful because well, you know, even if you thought you were injured, I, I had a well, I had a stress fracture a couple different times and. If I don't run for six weeks, I'm not a runner. What? You know, and I look back now and I giggle about it, but it was crazy. I would go to like the mall and a cop would walk up to me and say, hey, you're the girl who runs on Highway 92. Yep. Yep. That's me. So I, yes, I was very known for that. Um, But again, there wasn't a lot out there. So people would see me running. They didn't necessarily know what I did. You know, so I even had a UPS guy one day just stop in the middle of the gravel road. And he's like, hey, can I ask what you're doing? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> he's like, no, really. I'm like, I'm training for Olympic trials. And it was just cool because it wasn't out there. People didn't know. So I just thought I was a crazy girl running down the highway. That's but so it was awesome. Nice. It was nice. Yeah. yeah. What was your high school career like? Um, uh, You know, that's what's sad. I um, So I had ran, like I said, like 235 in seventh and eighth grade with mm-hmm. no training. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally no training. Super excited about my freshman year. Um, made it to state in cross country. Made it to state in 4 by 8 and 1500. Like, 1500 was my race, I think. But I, you know, I never felt like anybody really pushed me. I don't, I wish that the coach would have said, hey, Christy, you could be the next best thing. But a lot of my high school career, there was a lot of other stuff going on. And my sophomore year, which I think would have been my best year, I ended up having a stress fracture, which is a part of the reason why I became a therapist, a whole story with that. Um, and that's why junior and senior just weren't weren't great. And I kind of disliked my coach so much that I said, when I graduated, I said, I'll never run again. So I didn't even look into colleges. I had colleges asking me, and I said, no, wouldn't even, wouldn't even consider it. So I thought I was done the last day of state, no state track my senior year. I'm like, I'll never run again. Man, that, it's such a bummer to hear that. I mean, I, I imagine yeah. there is like some regret and, and I mean, yes. you probably like also what has happened with your life too. So maybe it, it's the right decision, but how many times have I talked to a guest and they bring up either a really important coach in a positive way or an important coach in a negative way. And yep. it's just, it's amazing how those forks in the road can happen. I always just think about being a child and being a kid and how so much has to be decided on when you're 18 years yes. old, Yes, you know? Yeah, it's it's hard, and I you know I tell people some of the coaches that I really look up to now in the high school. I'm like, you 
are so lucky. The yes. kids that I see, I'm like, do you have any idea what it's like to have a coach that's trying to make this a lifelong thing for you? That they realize the importance of being good in high school, but that's not the end all be all. Um, and I didn't have that. I mean, I did. I really didn't have any of that. And so, yeah, I'm very lucky. And there's lots of regrets of what if I were ran in college and how how fast could have I gotten? But then I also am afraid that if I did that, I would not be doing what I am today. Sure. So what what changes then when you decide in that moment I'm done? And obviously we know now that that is not the case. So what 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 happens over the next few years before? I know you run the Lincoln Marathon at 21. So what what do those next few years look like for you? So went to undergrad at Creighton um, and started with a psychology degree. Really didn't know what I wanted to go into and started off and just kind of I just, I missed running. Again, don't have any idea what I was doing. I'd run around the campus, you know, no clue. A little bit more my sophomore year, still no watch, no no idea. A little more my junior year. Well, then it was funny. My junior year, I got just kind of crazy about running. I mean, I, but again, I had no idea what I was doing. I'd run down to Conagra, put my feet in the water, run back. No time, no nothing, no nothing. Started working out more and more just because of the stress. I mean, I think- Of school? Yes. I mean, I think your junior year, for me- what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. I'm done with the partying scene. Never really did it, but just was done with all of that. What do I want to do? Where do I want to go in my life? And started running more and more and found the gym. And so I would run an hour and a half every day and then get on the elliptical for an hour. And easy peasy, just do it. Loved it. Um, and it was my outlet. I mean, I will tell yeah. you. Um, and again, a lot of my high school life came out for me. I had a, I had a sister who was killed in high school the guy who caused her accident um, was a big wig and trainer, so we were kind of shunned in in trainer. It was a it was a very hard high school career for me, so people didn't even like to see me run well. So I think I kind of, not that I threw the races, but I didn't like to do well. And it kind of because you didn't want out. to do well for the town. Yeah, I mean, I, and I just didn't. People didn't didn't like to see me do well, so it was almost I just kind of wanted to stay hidden. So when I got into college, it was like, I'm done with this, you know? And, yeah. and it's funny. I tell people, I'm like, I remember the day I'm like, I'm going to color my hair. I'm going to pierce my belly button. And I'm just going to be me. And it's literally kind of, that's what I did. Running more, running more. This girl comes up to me at the gym and she said, you need to run a marathon. I'm like, I don't know what a marathon is. I mean, you got to think back that 96, I think it was when I ran my first one, 96 or 97, 96 there, nobody ran them. I mean, and I was 21 and you were not supposed to run a marathon until you were 30. I mean, so it was like, no. I mean, that was the big thing back then. I mean, Interesting. I was, I mean, I was the second youngest person at 2000 Olympic trials. Um, you didn't run. You didn't run when you were that young. And I'm like, well, I don't know what I don't know what to do. And so now I had also added exercise science to my thing, which game changer for me. So I went up to my exercise science teacher and I said, should I run a marathon? And he's like, well, you run a lot. I think you could. I said, okay. I said, what should my goal be? And he's like, four hours. That should be your goal. I'm like, okay. So I remember I went to the gym, got on the treadmill, put it at 907 pace, and I'm like, I can do this. Well, then I told my sister I was thinking about, and this was only like three weeks before the race. She's like, well, it's the longest you've ever ran. I said, hour and a half. She said, why? I said, because I run out 45 minutes and turn around. She's like, do you stop because you're tired? I said, no. And she's like, well, go run two hours. All right, go run two hours. Came back, started the Lincoln Marathon, and my instructor had told me, he's like, two things. Stop at the first water aid station, get water every stop, and go out slow. Okay. So I went out slow, just talking to people, talked to these two girls. And I was, you know, they were older. They were probably 40. Uh-huh. I was 20 at the 21. What do you guys usually run this at? And they said about 340. Okay. And at that point, I just started picking it up. And I, I mean, I just, I remember I kept telling myself, there is no, there is no wall. There's nothing here. There's nothing here. I loved, I mean, I just kept passing people. 
ran 314. <laughs> Your first one. My first one. And I was, I mean, I was just in love. I'm like, I am running another marathon next month. I'm running. Well, I had a stress fracture. And, you know, this is one of those things you look back and everything happens for a reason. The next race would have been marathon to marathon in Iowa, which would have been 120 degrees. Um, I had a stress fracture, but it was on the anniversary of what would have been my sister's accident date. So I'm like, I'm running this race. This doctor's like, no, you're not. I'm like, yes, I am. He's like, no, you're not. So I didn't, which again, everything happens for a reason. I'm super glad I didn't, but that's when I was hooked. And from that point on, the marathons, everything started. Well, so you were, you're burned out and a few years later, you're hooked. Yeah. Was it the... Was it the success? Was it just, was it something as healing maybe? Like what, what was it do you think that changed in you from the end of high school into oh, yeah. that moment? It was 100% healing. I mean, it was my happy time. Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, I mean, I could do it hours and hours a day. I would go by myself. I didn't care if anybody was around me. I just ran. And like I said, there's times I'd go two and then it, that next year is when I started going two and three times a day. But again, no time, no, just run. Um but yeah, it was totally healing and and loving how much I, I felt amazing when I did it. I mean, I, there was nothing about me that hurt when I ran. So yeah, I was hooked. And then I, and I, you know, running 314 was great, but I, I mean, it wasn't, I mean, I think I was 11th that year and I didn't care. Um, actually that summer I ended up starting to date a triathlete and he was like, and still I didn't care how I placed. And he's like, you know, you could be good. I'm like, no, I can't. Yeah, you can. I'm like, no, I can't. So then I actually did a half marathon after that it was the last vessel of races Decided that decided that morning to do the half. Like we, I was like, should I do the 10K? Should I do the half? He's like, do the half. You'll be happy. And that was the first time I went out. And I remember it was just out and back. And I saw the girls ahead of me. And I'm like, I can go catch some of these ladies. Ended up getting second. So my first half, I think I ran 129. I had started in the back. And then that's even more when I was like, I could, I could do better. And then I just, from that time, by two months later, I ran 118. I just kept. But I, then I loved it. Then it was even more of a catch. Like, I love running well. And I love running. <laughs> do, you, do you, in hindsight, do you, did you know what you were doing training wise yet? Or are you still no. just got, you're still just kind of figuring no. it out? I, you know, I, I, my, I didn't do any speed workouts. None. My, my speed workouts were my races. So like that might've been the year or the year after I ran like 10 race, nine races in 10 weekends and won them all. <laughs> and that, that was my speed work. Yeah. And I was running twice a day. So even if I ran a race in the morning, I would go run at night. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. How I didn't break i don't know but yeah i had no idea what i was doing let me ask you this uh as a coach now what do you think of yourself then as a runner oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know when i tell people i'm like yeah don't do what i did um but i will tell you the difference of mine was my head like i was i was a a beast and how are you so fast people would say and i'm like i don't wish it on anybody i had lots of demons Lots and lots and lots of demons. And that's what made me as good as I, as I was, you know, and cause I look back even now, people are like, I know I could be faster than I am right now, but I said, I don't want to go back to that place, which is fine. I there. And, and I will tell you on the circuit, like most of the girls I met very rarely did you meet somebody who was top level who didn't have demons. I'll be honest. I mean, it, it's just, you, you just didn't meet them somebody who was just happy and did it. Like, how do you run? Well, because really there is another, there's another level. I really think there is. Um, so that's what's hard as a coach is I tell people, I'm like, there's a, there's a different level that you have to find. I believe in miles, but I also, the reason I was able to do what I did is I ran very slow on my runs. I never tried to kill them ever. I mean, I was out there running nine minute pace and racing 545 to 615. Yeah. You know, so that was what, 
was good is there was nothing out there. I just ran because I loved it. That's it. <laughs> Were you running towards something or away from something? Oh, away. Yeah. Away. And, you know, I laugh. Somebody's like, oh, you're so goal-driven. I'm like, you know, I never really had – I never had goals. I just ran. Like, people are like, are you going to run Olympic trials? I'm like, I don't even know what Olympic trials are. I didn't, I didn't know what it was. I'm like, whatever. So, no, it was definitely away. I mean, it was um, – yeah, it was just just people. And, and that's the great thing with running is I found a whole – Runners are amazing. Yeah. I mean, the running community yes. is amazing. And that is not what I had growing up, you know? And so it's complete. I mean, I was a very bitter person. I mean, and people knew they're like, wow, you are just angry with people I'm at, you know? And, and then became like, when you talk about identity, then it became for me, oh, people only like me because I'm a runner. And that was a long time for me that I'm like, you wouldn't be my friend if I didn't win. And they're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know, but that's where I, where I went. Um, so yeah, it's been a, I always tell people running saved my life and oh, 100% in so many ways. So many ways. Um, you mentioned a, a couple of minutes ago the thing about the Olympic trials because I was going to ask you uh, essentially the same thing that you just said, which was like, I didn't know what it was. When does that enter the picture for you? Because so you run Lincoln when you're 21 in the mid 90s. Yep. The Olympic trials that you're going to qualify for is 2000. Yes. Talk me through the next few years of when that comes on the radar, when that becomes something realistic and ultimately qualifying for them. Okay, so this is yeah, this is a this is a very fun part of my story because <laughs> it, it's it's crazy. So, all right, so I ran Lincoln May three fourteen okay. stress fracture that summer, um, and then this is another one of those things. Things happen for a reason. So this would have been it had been ninety six. Whenever the ice storm of of Omaha was the big ice storm was that ninety six or ninety seven. The one in the October the October snowstorm that was uh, October of ninety seven. Okay, so we had just moved back to Nebraska okay. in Omaha. So 97, I had already planned, I am going to run Omaha Marathon, and I'm going to hopefully win. I don't even really know I thought I was going to win, but I'm like, I'm going to qualify for Boston and go. Okay. So that, so then also that fall, I had to do an internship for exercise science, and I was at um, Union Pacific. Okay. First day I walk in, they're like, hey, you need to do the corporate cup run. I'm like, okay. Like, I hadn't raced more. I'm like, Whatever. Done some halves. And they're like, if you beat so-and-so, we'll give you a prize. Well, it was just a girl. She was 20 years older than me. Whatever. I'm like, okay. So my friend was like, all right, you're going to do corporate cup. Still hadn't done speed work. I'm doing my thing. Um, he's like, you're going to warm up in the parking garage. You don't get to see everybody. I'm like, whatever. Had never done corporate. Had no idea. Takes me up to the top of the thing. He goes, look out there. This was back when, what, 25,000 people showed up to corporate cup, right? I'm like, all right, whatever. So first competitive 10K, 35-35. My PR to this day, because I had no idea what I was doing. Um, so here's when coach from Creighton comes in. He was the coach at St. Albert's when I was growing up. Okay. Okay. So he had actually reached out to me a year before and said, hey, I hear you're running. Do you want to come run for Creighton? I'm like, nope. I don't want somebody telling me what to do. I want to run when I want. And it was funny, because then he go, I go, how much do you run? It was about seven miles a day. I'm like, Heck no, I am not running that much. Now, fast forward, not even a year later, I'm running 140 miles a week. <laughs> and he's like, you know, will you please run for us? No, I want to do a marathon. He's like, don't you want to be an All-American? I'm like, nope, I don't want to do 5Ks, don't want to. So anyways, I was like, I'm going to do Omaha. Well, they had to cancel the marathon. We did the half. So I ended up running three races for Creighton in there, which was great for them and fun. Um, run the half, 118 beat the girl who was like the phenom here at the time for years. And this guy comes up to me after the race and said, you need to run marathons. And I'm like, whatever. I love them. But 
So he's like, I'm going to help you get into some races. And I'm like, whatever. So decided to do first Tennessee Memphis Marathon in December. Um, so I go there and, again, have no idea what I'm doing. And he's like, you can run sub three. Okay, whatever. Again, don't have watch. Don't don't know. So I'm like, okay, 630. So I'm like, no, yeah, because 250, he said. He said I could do 250. I'm sorry. So I was like, 630. So that's all I remember. First mile was 630. Second mile, 13. Totally forget. All I know about that race is I went through the half at 123. So I was like, sweet, I'm ahead. And then ran 243, set the course record, and made money as a 20, whatever, two-year-old, you know, college girl. So then I get caught up in this, right? Because I'm I'm getting basically paid. Yes. You know, the, the race director would call me, say, hey, will you come run? We'll buy, get your hotel. We'll pick you up. Yeah, I'm going to do it. So dumb me, because I know nothing. Hey, how about you go run San Diego in January, Austin in February? Okay. So I do that. So and are I, they paying for you to go to yes. these things then? Yep. Yep. So here I am in college. I do 243 in December, 247, I believe, in January, 246 in February. And that's when people said, are you going to run Olympic trials? Well, Olympic trials have not opened yet, right? So you can't qualify yet. It was 250 at the time. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? what? What do I have to do? They're like, well, you, already, you would be qualified. You just have to wait. Well, guess what? I had a stress fracture. Can't imagine why. <laughs> so I get another stress fracture. I'm like, no, I've got to run grandma's. Like, that was going to be my choice is I'm going to qualify at grandma's. So I have a stress fracture. I had about eight weeks until the race. And I remember it was like May 17th. I was okayed to run. It was the day I graduated from undergrad, and I'm like, I'm going. So anyways, I end up qualifying for Olympic trials at grandma's. at grandma's. So in one year, I had done all those races and qualified for Olympic trials. Now And graduated from college. And graduated from college and was getting into PT school. So that was my – then I was, like, totally stressed. I'm like, I can't get into PT school and go to Olympic trials. So, yeah, it was crazy. So that was 98. Yes. So I qualified in 98 for 2,000 trials. Um, yeah, it was, in, it was insane. And again, back then, I mean, I remember I crossed the finish line and there's nobody there saying, yay. I mean, nothing. I'm just there by myself. Go back to my hotel room. <laughs> and that was it. So then my first Olympic trials was my first year of PT school. Wow. Yeah. So how did you balance training and school? Not very well. Yeah. No, you know, I tell people, I honestly, I half-assed both. I, mean, I was going to say, what took the back seat? You know, and it, I, I, ran, I still ran. I ran a ton. I mean, I was still running pretty much twice a day if I could. Yeah. Um, so studying wasn't, actually sleep just didn't exist. Um, we always, the joke was that PT was my, you know, running was my job. PT was just my whatever, which I'm completely different now. But <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I was always tired. I, you know, and I look back now, like it's funny, you know, this, another whole thing with me is this was back when the fat-free fra- phrase was big, right? I mean, I didn't eat fat. I didn't touch it. So, I mean, I would drink Diet Coke and chew Trident gum. That's what I was known for. <laughs> like, oh, my God, how did I make it through and how did my mind even work? Um, but it, it, was, it was awesome. I mean, I, I wouldn't change anything that I did. I missed out on things in PT school, a lot of going out. Hey, we're going to go out, have drinks after the big test. I'm going to go run, you know. But I got to go a lot of places. I saw a lot of things. So, so yeah, but then I still even thought after PT school, I thought I'm going to be done. I'm not going to be able to run anymore, which didn't happen either. Did you did did you appreciate in the moment what you had just done? Or was it just so much like, go, 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 next thing, next thing, next thing? Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah. You know, I told my training partner this morning, I said, I'm like, the last thing I ever want to do is sound cocky to people. And I said, it's a lot easier now because I can look back and go, 
oh my gosh, what I did. But back then I was never fast enough. I, you know, I was never, I was never fast enough. I only, and the thing is I wanted to get better, but I didn't do the right things to get better. You know, I didn't say, okay, sleep more, run less. It was just run, 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 run. You know, I didn't record everything. It's, it's funny because people ask how many miles I ran. You don't have like a journal or anything from back then? And it's funny. We were actually talking about that this morning. I said, I have a journal that says run 130, you know, hour and 30 in the morning, run not run 60 p.m. Run 130, <laughs> run 60. Run one. So you know you're doing two and a half hours. Every day. Every day, but you don't know what and else I mean is going on. Every day. Every day. Running out in the hills of Iowa. It took me years to figure out later on. I'm like, oh yeah, these are all miles. But that's when I realized how slow I was running on the gravel roads. I'm like, oh wow, I was running 845s and racing. You know, but if you've ever been out to trainer, the hills on Highway 92 that I ran, I mean, they're insane. My in fact, my parents live, my mom now lives off of the highest point in southwest Iowa. So that was my first mile of every run. Were you still having fun? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yes, I did love it. But I mean, yeah, was it stressful? Yes. Um, you know, like I said, I, a lot of times I was doing it for the wrong reasons. I, I won't deny that. Um, I loved the people. I loved, you know, once you start doing all the national championships, it was the same people. And some of them are my best friends still to this day. Um, but... I'll tell you what, walking in, and this is that crazy part of, in Omaha, Nebraska, oh, I was fit, blah, blah, blah. I'd go to those races, right? And I just tell people, I go, I remember getting into the elevators and being like, and this is terrible, but I am so fat. I am so big. You know, I am so big. And I've actually, a lot of my friends know the stories of, there's been like three or four times that I've been told, oh, you're the big runner. Like at races, I was, you know, I was 105 pounds. Yeah. Sopping wet. But the average weight of the girls back then was 85. Wow. 85. Wow. So that's, that is very, 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 very hard to deal with. This. I remember the first time, I mean, I would not run without a shirt on. So Olympic trials in 2000 was actually like 86 degrees. I had a big old baggy shirt on and big old shorts. You know, I, I would not go down to less than that because heaven forbid, you know, these girls are all skinny. So yeah, it was hard. I mean, and that's what it was every day. I mean, just worried about how I looked and instead of being like, it doesn't matter what I look like. If, if you're looking at me and thinking I'm big, you're behind me, <laughs> which is ultimately what I tell people now. I'm like, you know what? If anybody's judging you, bat on them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's like I sit there and say I loved it, but it was a, it was a sick drive. I mean, I woke up and even my dad said, I can't talk to you before you run. No, couldn't. I mean, I was, yeah, there was a lot of unhappiness, um, but races were my happy spot. So I was going to ask you about lining up in the, the 2000 Olympic trials then. Yeah. And so you're you're kind of weighing, no pun intended, yeah. that, but also like this in theory could be the crowning achievement of your running career. Yes. So like when you look back on that moment, standing on the line as you're about to go, what are the feelings that come to mind? Oh, so it was so cool back then. I will tell you that. So like first thing is you you land in um, Columbia, South Carolina, yep. where it was. The whole town is like kind of closed down. They close very early. Um, so I remember going out with these a couple of girls. We found a bar that we could go have supper at. And I remember they just kind of, they're, they're giving me crap. They're like, you are 23 years old or 20, 23, I think I was. Why do you even care? And I'm like, I kind of looked at them like, what do you mean? Why do I care? Like, you're so young. Who cares what you're running? I'm like, mm, I do. And um, they had the blue line. So I was like, I don't think they've had any of the trials I've done after that. They had a blue line the entire race that you followed, which was just amazing. And for me back then, Libby Hickman, Colin DeRuck, a lot of people don't even know them anymore. I mean, Libby Hickman was my idol. And to stand on the line with her was amazing. Um, Joe Samuelson, obviously, um, always been amazing. 
so yeah, standing there and I'm going, I know I'm not. And I knew about two or three weeks before that I was kind of in a bad place. Like my body was, because I, I never let myself go. I qualified in nine, 98. I never let myself have a break. Yeah. So I'm like, what? Did you really think you could stay in shape for two years? Well, I did. I thought I could. But anyways, it ended up being a horrible day. But I ended up making, I had a, I had a blast. People were just dying left and right. I mean, it was horrible. So I remember this other girl and she's like, would are, do you coach? And I'm like, no, I'm in school. She's like, you need to be a coach. Because we would just yell, come on. We're at, we're at Olympic trials, everybody. Have a blast. So that was awesome for me. And then I'm like, you know what? Crappy day. I think I, did I break three there? I think I did. But not, yeah, I think I did. Um, but it was awful. I mean, it was an awful, 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 awful run. 258.32. Yeah, I was like, I'm pretty sure I did. But it was aw- like it was the most painful run I ever did. Um, and then funny with that, I finished that thinking I'd never run again. Because again, I'm like, oh my God, what are you doing? You're in, you know, in PT school and graduating. End up doing Boston a month later. Uh-huh. Only because my... CI had Mondays off. So I was like, I may never have a Monday off in my life again. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't know how it worked. So I went and ran Boston a month later, which or a month and a half later, which was awesome. But yeah, I mean, I thought this could be it for me. You know, I'm, I always thought this might be the last big thing I do. And it obviously wasn't. What, what's the coolest part about running in the Olympic trials? Like when you think back, just like, man, that was badass X, Y, or Z. Is it just the athletes? Is it, you know, the moment? What is it? I think it's the athletes. Yeah. Um, you know, because like I said, it, it was crazy. That first one I thought was going to be this huge, awesome. There's hard, There's nobody there watching, right? I mean, literally, go back to that race. There was, I think, not even 200 women qualified back then. That's all that's there. There's nobody watching. I mean, it, there's nothing. So it was a little less hoopla than what you thought. I mean, and back then, there's the funny thing that anybody who's raced for a long time understands. They didn't have any smalls. The shirts were sold out within an you know hour. And I'm like, so... We all are getting extra large T-shirts, <laughs> cotton T-shirts, you know. Oh, the yeah. 90s. Yes. Well, or 2000s, yes, I guess. Yes, but cotton T-shirts, yeah. you know. So it was just going, I am standing here with, yeah, calling direct and, and like seeing Kim Puelic back then. And I mean, it was awesome. And that was another awesome thing for me is the um, the night before you have like the press conference or whatever, Libby Hickman and Anne-Marie Luck is who it was. So they're two big Nike runners at the time. And knowing that there is no money in running, you know, especially at the time. And Anne-Marie had beat Libby at some race because she had, Libby had a shoe, or I'm sorry, a rock in her shoe. And like them asking like, hey, you know, Anne-Marie, what do you want? And he's, she's like, I hope that Libby has a rock in her shoe. You know, and they're, they're team, and they laugh and they crack up. And I'm like, this is awesome. <laughs> like, this is how these guys are. They're best friends here. Yeah, they'll be out to get each other. Uh-huh. But to see that and go, this is what my sport is. My sport is is very, very loving to each other, and it's all it really about being is. better. It really is. You know, yeah. it really, really is. So, yeah, that, I mean, to me, and then, you know, the next two, there was a race before, the day before. So that's kind of the new thing that, or back then, was the new thing that there would be a race, or the day after, I'm sorry, Olympic trials would be the one day, and, that, like, Boston was the next day, and same thing with St. Louis. So you had more spectators, which was awesome. Um, but kind of funny with that is the year I did so 2008 would have been the Boston one. I actually had mono. It's probably the hardest I had trained. I was very, I was sick, oh. um, but still was going to go do it. And, you know, we talk about how, okay, you run your first marathon and everybody's like, oh, wow, you ran a marathon. Well, stupid me wins my second marathon. <laughs> um, you know, that's the interesting fun fact I tell people about me is, so my first marathon was 314. My second marathon was 243. That was my fastest and slowest for 52 marathons. Wow. 
And they're your first two. And that's how it's been. You know, that's how it stayed. So I had a really bad race, whatever, five years ago. Um, but that's how it was. Um, so what's crazy is I'm in Olympic trials in 2008. All these people are there because it's Boston. I'm not feeling great. It's a loop course. And I dropped out at 13 or 14. I'm like out, done, whatever. But it was crazy. Like I'm running a two. Well, I was right with Joan Benoit. So we were running like 248 at the time. But like people's faces would just be like, you know, because you're not in the front crowd. Right. And it was just crazy to watch people clapping. And then like you get there and they're like, eh, you know, and I'm like, come on, we're at trials. Like, so next, fast forward next day. So this is before the bombing. So I had a friend who was like, will you run the second half of Boston with me? Well, I could do that back then. I could jump in. I had a friend who could get me to the half. The next day I'm running with her. We're running like a 313. People are yelling for us. Like we're the great. And I'm like, crazy perspective. Now I'm fast. And people are like, you were running yesterday. And I'm like, how do you know that? But it's just crazy. Like, that's the whole perspective thing that always makes me mad. I'm like, we should always be happy no matter where we're at. Yes. If you're running 26.2 or 50 or 30, whatever, like, you are doing amazing things. But people look at what you've done in the past, which makes it hard on all of us, you know, what you used to do or what you can do. But, um, yeah, it was kind of that was a fun thing at, at, at Boston was to be able to do both of them. What was, speaking of Boston, what was running in the Boston Marathon in 2000 like? I loved it. Yeah. Um, it, it, and what was great is it was, it was cold that day, which I had just ran trials, which was so hot. So I was in heaven. Um, it was awesome. And again, at that point, I thought this was the only time I'd ever, I, I might be done running marathons. I'm mm-hmm. going to graduate. I mean, mm-hmm. that was all my head thought about was, but it was very hard. So that's another thing. Boston back then started at noon. I started my race at noon. So that was awful. First time I've ever like, oh my God, I need to find a porta potty when I'm done. I mean, it was awful. That part was awful, but so cool because I was considered sub elite. I got to hang out in the athletes' village. I mean, I literally got to hang out with the best of the best and eat bananas with them, you know? So very cool. Um, but it was kind of my one and done. Boston's crazy to me. Yeah, I'm running it next year. I can't wait. My first time. Oh, uh, yeah. It's, I, I mean, I can't even imagine now. I mean, because the numbers are that much more than when I did. Uh huh. Yeah. I mean, how many runners ran it back then, do you think? I'll, I'll bet almost half of what there is now, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. I, I can't imagine. I mean, and, you know, back then, which always drives all the runners crazy now, if you needed to run, let's say, a 340, you could run 340.59, and you got in. Oh, really? Yeah. And I never knew that because I was faster. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. But one of my friends is like, oh, yeah, as long as my chip tie. And I'm like, what? So, yeah, so back then, if you were within a minute, you got in. Interesting. So totally different than when I started hearing all the stories about people. Tra- I'm like, wait, what? And then you don't even get a run? I'm like, this is not okay. <laughs> This episode will drop like within two or three weeks of the official signups happening. And yes. so I have five minutes and 13 seconds to should work with, good. so I should be okay. You should be good. But I'm, uh, you I'll, better be I'll okay. Knock on some yes, wood yes. Right uh, here. Yeah, I'll knock on a little bit more wood. Yeah. Um, so you, you finish in 2000, and you're like, this is probably the last one. This could be the last one. Yes. Why, why wasn't it the last one? And what, what, what happens then to, to lead up to 2004? Gosh, you know, that it, it's crazy. When we, you start asking me questions, I forget about a lot of stuff that had happened. So 2000. Um, just thought I was done, had all my, all my work stuff, you know, and the last year of, uh, schooling at Creighton, last year of PT school is, is clinicals. So I'm going places for clinicals and, um, ended up getting engaged and we were going to move to Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I wasn't feeling good. Like it was weird. This is one of those things when, I mean, I started, I gained weight and I was still running. I was running a ton. But this is when you talk about, like, when you haven't fed your body, your body finally says, forget it. And I just, I never felt, I just didn't feel good. Kind of after Olympic trials, I just kind of was struggling with 
with everything, with running. I still was doing it every day, never stopped, but just struggled. Like with motivation? Um, no, just didn't feel good. Mm. So I still did it every day. Um, but times were not good. Just, I mean, I was obviously probably exhausted, but wouldn't want to admit that. So moved to Texas um, in 2001. So I'd graduated, okay. married, moved there. Found a great group of people down there, um, Fort Worth Running Company. And we actually had our apartment was on the river so I could run every day. But still just was not running well, like just struggling. I, and and I don't know why. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I should know. But anyways, so after about six months there, I was having some really weird leg stuff. And um, actually had some, had some MRIs, blah, blah, blah. And they ended up finding out that I actually had it was like n- decreased fat around my nerve root, which was from my terrible eating for years. And it's like, okay, so I'm like, I'm going to start swimming. So I picked up swimming at that point. It was not good, but if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it good. So within like a month, I was swimming a mile straight, very, very slow. But I started swimming, added that into my stuff. So cut down my running. Still was probably running 80 miles a week, but then swimming three days a week. And all of a sudden started seeing weight go off, started running again, started running better again, moved back to Nebraska. And then everything just went crazy again. And I started running really well. Because I really thought at that point, like, I'm not going to compete anymore. I came back for... Um, Lincoln half once. I mean, it just, I just, I didn't race well. And again, back then I was probably running like 121 to 122, but I had been running 118, 117. And it didn't feel good. I mean, it didn't feel good. Felt it harder? Felt, oh, it's so hard. And I just never felt, I never felt up in my runs. Um, so yeah, then when I moved back to Omaha, I kind of just got back into it and everything. And I, I really, like I said, I never thought I'd be back to that. And then I started running really, really well again. Do you think that you got like in a way burnt out again and, and just swimming was like a yeah. huge thing for you? I finally just took, and it was weird. Like I started increasing my, increasing my food, started uh-huh. changing things. Well, cause what, it was a kind of a come to Jesus moment for me. I was like, at the time I was whatever, 27, 28, something around there. And I'm like, you can't eat any less and you can't run anymore. I mean, I was running twice a day. So I'm like, you, you can't do this for the rest of your life. Um, so it was awesome. I mean, it was crazy when I started swimming and it, it was amazing. Like weight fell off in a gr- in a good way. I started feeling stronger. My run started getting really good again. Um, and then I had a different coach down in Texas. He was crazy. Not going to lie. He was a fighter pilot who had qualified for Olympic trials. He was actually very young when he ran Olympic trials and he was crazy. Um, but he was like, you're starting to take a day off a week. Every week, every week you're taking Sundays off and it's going to be your cheat day and you eat whatever you want. And it was like, I would actually get like almost sick on those Sundays at first. And now I won't go a week without taking a day off or two. But so that was a big changer for me is I was like, okay, cheat day, which it's funny. My first cheat day was I went to KFC and had two biscuits. (laughs) That was my cheat. Because he was like, what's your cheat? I'm like, I don't have one. But yeah, that was a huge changing moment for me. And, And then kind of found the Omaha running community. And I was like, endorphins, Gary Doherty, that whole group, um, Maureen Larson at the time. And then things got pretty awesome again. So is this like 03? It would have been, yes, it would have been 03. And so what, yes. so do you, as everything's clicking and you're feeling better, you're like, all right, well, might as well chase after the 04 trials yes. again. Yes, and so that was, um, and it's crazy. Like I have never been, like I hear all these people who, it's all about fast, fast, fast. And I'm when I remember when I was going out in these long runs with some people, I'm like, I'm don't I'm not going under eight minute pace. Like, do not push me up. And these girls would be running ahead of me. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, I slow down. And I stuck, I mean, I've always stuck to my guns on that. And same thing with workouts. And so I think I I went to a half first, Houston half, I believe. And 
I ran, I wanted to do 118 there. I, and again, I, I was like, I want to run six minute pace. And I think I did. I think I ran 118 In high. January of 03? Maybe. 118.56. Yeah, so I missed six minute pace by a little bit. Um, and I was like, okay, I can do this. I can do this again. So they're like, okay, let's go to St. Louis for national championships. Mm-hmm. And I was like, eh, I don't know. I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I can do it. I can do it. And I qualified for Olympic trials there. And it was amazing. And I was back. And I and then and there, that's a there's a funny story about that one. There's a girl from Wisconsin, great runner. And uh, I passed her like at mile eight or nine in the race. And at that point, and then like let's say at like 17 or 18, they're like, okay, you're in 10th place. I'm like, awesome, I can make money at the, or at the national championships. Well, like 22, she passes me. And of course, me, I'm like, she helped me. She helped me at mile, whatever. Of course, I get done with the run, and she doesn't beat me by that far. And I'm like, I just lost $1,000. So then my next try, or my next national championships, I'm like, I will not get 10th. <laughs> so it's a huge driving moment for me. I'm like, I will not ever get 10th or 11th again. But yeah, that race was, it was awesome. It was cold. It was great. And then I knew I was going to run Olympic trials a year later. So I was like, okay, you got to keep running. What was, the, uh, what was the biggest difference between qualifying the first time versus the feeling when you qualified the second time? You know, I, there was more for me the second time. There was more like, okay, this this is real. Like it wasn't just a thing the first time because you know people always, which is I call BS on it. You don't just run a two forty three. But but you know people and people would say that about me. They'd say you're too young to run marathon. Well, tell me again yep. because yep. I'm still doing it. So yeah, I was kind of like, okay, and I'm back and I'm not broken and I and I can I can do this. So it was awesome. I mean. And there was more people around. I had kind of a group there. Um, yeah, it, it was it was much more exciting um, for me the second time around, and just knowing that I actually was back. What was, was the good. Tr- what was the training like leading up to that that race in '04? Oh goodness, I think I was working at Ortho Nebraska at the time. I think I raced quite a bit. Um, uh, that would have been, and I would tell you that race should have been my best trials. And I will tell you, I think I always got a little burnt out before. That's one thing I'll tell you I was never good at. Um, set a date and be ready for it. No. And in fact, I said this to Laura this morning. I said, it's really weird. I go, my body's going through this weird phase right now, just in the last week. And I'm like, I don't want to go race right now, though. But this is what my body's always done. All of a sudden, it's like, it's ready. So back in the day, and they always made jokes about it. Christian Nielsen signed up the night before because I could. The weather was good. And my body was there. I have never been good at saying, this is the day I need to be ready. So I did a lot. I remember going on to Wabash a lot. I did a lot of tempo runs on Wabash Trace. I did a lot of crazy cold workouts. I remember a lot of mile and two mile repeats. And I loved it. I felt great. But I think about probably a month before I was like, "Uh oh, I'm tired. I saw a good race, but probably not where I should have been. I think I've always been overtrained going into races. So it's, it's almost like you wish you could have signed up for the Olympic trials the night before because maybe you would have shown I, up a little I, bit better. Yeah, I really. I mean, because I think the, the stupid thing, and I think a lot of runners do this, is like, oh my God, I'm in great shape. Okay, well, trials isn't for a year. Like, take a break. You don't want to. Because yeah. you want to keep it going. Yes, and it's yeah. so dumb. And that's what I did. And I believe in keeping up, but I mean, I wouldn't like let my workouts. You can't do it for a year. I mean, you can try, but you can't stay at that so, level. So you never really... I don't want to imply. Were you not taking step back weeks? Oh no. Yeah. So you were just. I mean, oh, if, no. if it's like one of those graphs on Strava, it's just like kind of a straight oh, no. line. I was. In in, that's why. I mean, that's the one part I wish that that was still around, so people could go. She ain't kidding. Yeah. You know, and I remember there's a guy named Marty Dalton who 
it's he was um he ran for tri center when I was at trainer didn't know who he was whatever fast forward he's a coach in Iowa very good coach and I remember one time talking to him and I was like how do you keep doing so well because he was he's like step back week and I'm like what do you mean step back week he's like I'll do 12 miles for my long run I'm like what <laughs> because I would I mean it was 20 I, I you're like t- that's a Tuesday I know I was like yeah that's a Tuesday morning <laughs> yeah I mean like when I look back I mean for oh and actually before that before 2004 I can tell you Monday morning was 10 miles in the morning, 10 miles at in the afternoon. Tuesday was my easy day. It was only 14 miles. Wednesday was 12 in the morning, 10 at night. Thursday was, I did I only run once on, th- no, I ran twice on Thursday. Kind of the same thing, 10 and 10. Friday was an 18-mile fartlek run. Saturday was either 20 or 22. And I mean every weekend, and Sunday was off. That was every, sing- and then I wonder why I was tired. But, but I mean, I could train like no other, but my easy days were easy. I mean, yeah. I was running eight-minute pace. And, well, you were running, yeah, but I was racing 615 and 545, you know, but yeah, it was crazy. I mean, I was in, I, yeah, I look back now and I'm like, how, how good could have I ran if I wasn't quite so crazy, but I loved it. Let me ask you this. Um, so I remember a few years ago when I fell in love with running again, it was mm-hmm. 2020. And the reason why is because I started running slower and mm-hmm. that was a game changer for me. And then I read a book the next year, 8020 by Matt Fitzgerald. And I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, I've been doing this. I've been doing 80% of my runs at this pace yes! versus 20%. At this pace, I mean, yes. I assume that's kind of what you were doing, but what was the science like at that time? There wasn't none. Yeah. I mean, and that's the funniest thing. Again, I know that it's not everybody is the same, right? But that's how I train most people. That's how I train everybody. And I just tell people, it's crazy for me. When I look back, again, I never had a first 20-miler. I didn't. I just ran. And I never had, I got to get this done. And so it's funny. With all the stuff coming out now, I just giggle because I'm like, this is what I did. This is why I'm here. Yeah. This. This right here is why I'm running the way I am and have been able to. Um, yeah, there wasn't. I mean, you think back back then, you know, you had Jack Daniels and all that stuff. And yep. that's why my coach, so that's when I really saw a turn, actually. I was running well, but my coach, Paul, I finally was like, okay, I'm done. I can't, I'm not doing 22 every weekend. I'm going to take a break, which my break was, I would do 16 <laughs> and then go to the elliptical for <laughs> a half hour, hour. But I'm like, I'm done. Like, I'm going to start doing one run a day, maybe two days a week. I'll do four or whatever. And I slowed my, I slowed even my speed work down because I have never been a fast runner. Bear with me. People ask me, what's your fastest mile? The only mile that I ever know that I did fast was an 18 mile fartlek run. It was mile 16 and I ran a um, 528 on Wabash Trace. I've never ran a mile. I've never, but again, I I don't care. Yet I was able to run 549 for halves. So I didn't need to be faster. I needed to be good at that pace. So once I slowed down, even my, try to do my speed work because I, He'd have me trying to do hits 530s and stuff. And it just, it was everything I had to hit those. When I started slowing down and saying, okay, I'm going to do marathon race pace, then that's actually when I started hitting my 116s. I started hitting, I ran another 244, another 245, when I just took a step back, even to my speed work. Because I think that's the other part that people do wrong a lot is- They go too hard. In my opinion, is yeah, even your speed work. And this is me as a PT, exercise science runner for tons and tons of years. I get it feels good to go fast. Yeah. But- I even had an exercise science person tell me one time, he's like, okay, put it like this. You go to the track and you run a quarter. How are you breathing? You're breathing like crazy, right? How do you run in a marathon? You're training two different systems. You should never be gasping for air in your marathon. Now, on off season and doing some turnover, absolutely. But like I tell, I don't care if you can run a four minute mile. If you want to run a three hour marathon, you need to run 651 or 26.2. Uh-huh. I don't care if you can run a four minute mile. You know, I, it's hard to get that through to people, but it's really the truth. That yeah, makes sense. I don't, I don't care. Why are you training that system? 
I get it. It's fun. Not, I get it. Never been that fast, but I get it. <laughs> but, you know, that's the biggest thing I think that, that goes wrong with training. I love the long run. I, I love being awesome. out for, I love being out for hours. Yeah, right? it's awesome. So super easy. There are so many people, and it's crazy to me how many marathon runners don't love the long run. I'm like, no wonder it sucks for you. But there are, there are tons. I mean, there are tons of people now, not that are totally committed now, but that are starting they dread their long run. It's my happiest day. Yeah, I know. Don't you love me? What are you doing this weekend? I'm going to go do 20 miles tomorrow. What? You're, what? Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. You know? I, 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 to I, this day. I wrote about that in, in one of my newsletters recently. I Because uh, after Lincoln, I, I had a bad race. Yeah. And then I did some speed work. And I was like, I cannot wait to start marathon training again because I can't wait to get my, my long runs back on a Saturday yeah. or a Sunday. And it's been awesome. I it's went 17 this morning ever. and it was like, this is, this is, I'm so happy. Totally right bad. It, and that's the other thing I always tell people, you know, I wish that we could bottle up what happens to us in the middle of a long run. Right. I mean, yeah. do you know, other thing people always get wrong. They think that we jump out of bed to go run. Oh, I, my bed would win every day. Don't think that I don't have an angel and a devil on my shoulder going, sleep more, get up, sleep more. But what happens in the middle of a long run, especially, you know, okay, I'm tired. I came to go. Halfway through, you get that switch, and it's like, I can conquer the world. And I really still feel like that to this day. I mean, I've been marathoning for 27 years, and I still get that every time I go out. And every time I do speed work, I still get that. So, yeah, I just wish everybody could feel that. Yeah, seriously. I really do. Uh, going back to 04 for a moment, you, yeah. I think you said that that going into that, you're like, this is probably it again. Yep. And then it wasn't again. Um, what? What? Uh, so what happens in, in the next four years ahead of 2008? So, yeah. So then after that is when I um, I was like, okay, I got to take kind of a little break. Again, my break wasn't much of a break. Sure. Um, but then I think I started having even more, more fun. I had some girls that I would run with who weren't necessarily as fast as me, but we made it fun, right? So we'd go out and, okay, I'm going to go out. They're going to go out 30 seconds ahead of me, whatever. I'm going to go catch them. And it just became fun again. And we started going to these different races out of town. I just started having fun. And again, I just started feeling really good again. Um was working at Ortho Nebraska at the time, so kind of had my my niche was being made with which I didn't even even know that that was happening, but that was being made, um, and I just started getting faster again. I mean, it's just crazy because I just kept thinking I was done. Yeah, I just kept thinking I'm done. I'm never going to be good again, which is which is sad. But I did, you know. And again, it just so so different. I never wrote down all my stuff. I just I just did, which I think is awesome. Um, Again, I was talking to my training partner today, and I said, you know, it's crazy. Like, I – she was talking about, like, CO2, and, and, like, she's reading all this stuff, and I'm like, see, maybe I'd be better if I cared about that. But I'm like, I, I don't. I just run. And I don't know if that's good or bad. You know, I'm like, <laughs> maybe I could be better. I don't know. But I'm like, there's a stress in there that I, I – it stresses me out when sometimes people bring stuff up, and I'm like, but why don't you just not worry about it? How about you just run? You know, can shoes make you faster? Mm, yeah, but you know what else can make you faster? Running. Run more. Yeah. Run more. Do I believe in eating correctly? Yes. Do I believe in, I believe sleep is the biggest thing that we don't do. Um, but I, I really just think run more. And I don't mean run more like 140 miles a week. That was dumb. But I do feel like how you get better is by consistent. And I, that's another thing I'll say. Consistency, consistency trumps everything. Yeah. Why am I still doing what I'm doing? Because I've never stopped. Now, there's some badness. I mean, I've never taken the longest I've taken off of running since I was 20 is when I had surgery, I took one month off of running. I took only two days off of working out. And now I'm not a streaker. I'm not, I mean, I take a day off a week, if not two, if not three sometimes. Um, but yeah, I've never stopped, never stopped. And I, I don't see it happening anytime soon, I hope.
Yeah. <laughs> when you got to, to the trials in 08, did you know going in that that was going to be the last time? No. In fact, I would have told you my goal was to do five. Mm. Um, and I really, I really thought I could. I, and I still look back and I, I, I truly believe now I could have if I would have maybe even at that point got a coach. Maybe mm. at that point. So but you're I still, still just doing hand. this all kind of by yourself. Mm. Yeah. No, I mean, I never, because I didn't want to listen to anybody. I mean, I'll admit it. Like, and my coach, Paul, you know, he lived in Texas and he was just, I mean, he beat the tar out of me in a good way. That's why I loved it. Like yeah. I, but after that, I, it absolutely was myself. And, and I wasn't going to listen. I can admit to, I would have never listened to anybody. No, that's like, I mean, take it back. I actually had John Sinclair coaching me for 08. So what, 212 marathoner out of Colorado. But did I listen? Nope. Um, I had some amazing workouts from him, but what I was supposed to do is on the, the easy days, I was supposed to go for four miles. Well, I wasn't going to walk out the door for only four miles, so I'd do eight to ten. Well, of, of three days, one day was a ten-mile workout in the morning, five miles easy at night. The next, on two, Thursday was a 15-mile workout. I mean, amazing workout, five miles at night. And Sunday was 20 miles in the morning, five miles at night. So right in those three days, there was like 65 miles, I think. Well, the other days were supposed to be like four I wasn't going to do four. So now I look back, I'm like, ah, yeah. what could have I done? So I didn't, I didn't listen. And so that sucks because there's part of me that thinks, what if I really, and I, I did, I had mono two months before. So there's that, but I still think there, there could have been better. Um, that's year. In fact, I said, I'm going to get a massage every week. Like I started trying to do things better for me. Um, but yeah, I still thought I would do two more. Tri- I really thought I would do two more trials. So what's it like then when you think you can and you don't for now the first time uh-huh. ever, yeah. like going into 12 or going into 16. Yeah. And it, it sucked. Like I, so I, that's when, I don't even know what year I had my surgery. Good God. I think it's been 10 years ago, nine years ago. Um, and that would have been, I was training with Casey Lichty. Actually, I, I had Casey train, um, train with me and stuff was going good, but I, it just wasn't clicking like it should. I mean, there was just something missing to my workouts and you I knew tell. it and I knew it you know and I knew it but instead of now I look back if I would have just maybe taken two weeks off maybe caught maybe you know but I didn't and I wouldn't um but then I I mean I felt like I was getting so close again but and I was like I guess I'm done I guess I'm done it's over it's done um then I had my surgery and then I kind of just said it was done and then it makes me mad because I look back I'm like when they moved the time back up because they had set it to was it 45 and then no, 43, then he moved up to 45, like, a, like no, 246. And I was like, I could have tried. Like, yeah. I just wasn't going to go for 243 because that's my PR. I'm like, maybe I should have tried. And I didn't. And at that point, I'm like, I'm old and I'm not going to try anymore, which is sad. But yeah, it, it, it was tough because I never put a goal on me. Like, I say I'm going to go to the Olympic, tri- go, tri- go, sorry, qualify. And I did. I never missed qualification ever. I said I was going to go do it and I yeah. did it the first race. So yeah, it was, it was, it was hard. Very hard. And then you, so you lose, you know, oh, I'm an Olympic trials runner and I'm not, I'm not anymore. Like I even thought like at work, I'm like, well, they're not going to want me anymore because I'm not in, and sponsorships. No one's going to sponsor me now because I'm not an Olympic trials runner. And it's like, stop. There is so much, just like people when I meet and they're like, I haven't qualified boss. I'm like, doesn't mean you're not a runner, but that's how you feel. Yeah. Right. So it was hard. Um, very, very hard. And, and I will say it's the last 10 years of my life, that's what it kind of became is I'm not good anymore. I'm not good anymore. Um, and still kind of trying to fight back, but not really, you know, I just think I just said, ah, you're, you're done. Um, and then I took the little five-year hiatus and now it's all kind of changed again. So did that get you into coaching then? 
Yes, a little bit. You know, I, yes, I had a friend who asked me, he actually was a patient. And it was funny. He um, said to me something about, yeah, I don't know how to run fast. I said, well, can I ask, what are you running your long runs at? And he said, oh, like 7.45, eight minutes. I'm like, <laughs> wait, what? I go, what? And I go, do me a favor. I said, slow down. I said, just just slow down your long runs. So he went from a 3.15 to like a 3.08. And he, I didn't know him well. He had just been a patient. I saw him and he's like, and he, I think he sent me a, maybe Facebook Messenger it was, and he said, I want to let you know, I doing just doing what you told me to, I'm down to a 308. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's awesome. See, it works. Well, then I saw him out running a few times. I think he had had surgery, and then we started running together. So he's like, can I train with you? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, he's like, will you write me a schedule? Yep, great. So trained him, trained with him, and he was like, I can't believe how slow we're running. Well, he went to Lincoln that year and ran 258. And then in October, he ran a 256 of this. He's like, I can't believe how slow we run. I'm like, isn't it awesome? I know. Isn't it awesome? So then it just started kind of catapulting from there. Like, I never thought that's what I'd do. Um, That'd be fun. I mean, because I did some coaching at SCUT. Like, I did um, high school. But never thought this would become as as much as I do it now. Um, So I had people just reach out to me. Hey, will you coach me? I'm like, sure, yeah. And it's been awesome because now I love to share what I did. Yeah. And it's it's amazing because I it's crazy to me how little people know. And I'm not being mean. I mean, but my whole life has been it. Not, I mean, from schooling to, I mean, exercise science, yeah. psychology. And you were a runner, an accomplished runner. runner yeah. and, and my DPT, you know, and I'm like, every aspect of my life. I mean, since I was 13, I was running. I have had coaches. I have watched coaches. I have I have learned from the best of the best and seen what they did to train, you know, and and watch these people fall apart who ran too hard all the time. So I, I it just it never ceases to amaze me. And I'm sure you see like what people think about running and what people don't think. I had a guy the other day who's like, I'm gonna run sub three at my first marathon. And I'm like, <laughs> and I never tell somebody they can't do anything because I believe the human mind and body can do whatever you want. But I'm like, it, you know, it's like people either think running super, super hard or super, super easy. Yes. And I it blows me away. Like, or I'm training for a hundred miler and I keep bonking at 50. What's wrong? Well, how much are you running? A five, a 10, a five, and then three hours on the weekend. I'm like, <laughs> I do more than that for a hat. Like, yeah. why would you ever step foot on a hundred miler with only 30 miles a week? Um, so yeah, I, I loved coaching him. It was amazing. And then it just took off. And now that's yeah, a huge, it's a huge part of what I do now. Yeah. And I, and I, I love it. I love watching people. I love when it finally clicks. I, I mean, it's, it's so cool. And people are like, wow, that kind of worked. I'm like, I know. Some of them I have to fight longer than others, but others get it really quick. You what, know? What, what is your job as a running coach? What do you hope to bring to the table? Right. So my thing is just education, 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 and hope and mind, you know, because that's the other part. I mean, I had somebody, um, actually a high school girl, that PT, um, mom texted me today and she's like, she had pain running today. And I'm like, okay, she has had no pain in the clinic. She has had no pain with anything we've done. She's fine. Take a step back. I'm like, her mind is her mind is taking over because she had pain. So that's my job as a coach, too. Um, you know, I tell people, and it never ceases to amaze me with 28 years of doing this. Like this morning, we're out for a run, 20 milers. We're running 915 pace, okay? Our goal is to run 715 pace at our next race, and we will, yet how hard it is. And I, I'm like, I trying to tell people, you're going to go out for your long runs in the summer, you're going to go, there is no way in hell that I can run a minute, a minute and a half, whatever faster. I'm like, but it works if you do that. And just educating people. And mm-hmm. for me, it just happened. 
No one told me, and I'm so happy that it, it, that I went about it that way, right? But now I can tell people that. Yeah. It, you're, I have done a million workouts in my lifetime. I have never finished a workout and gone, oh, that is going to be easy to do that in a marathon. I'll do two-by-two-mile repeats at marathon pace and be like, oh, my God, I'm dying. Yeah, yeah you can pull it off. Yeah. So it's just educating. I mean, that's my biggest thing is people have to do what they do. And, and you know, Strava, I try not to look at everybody's times. I might have looked at Derek's today, and I said, your heartbeat was a little high. <laughs> He's like, oh, my God, I know. And I'm like, once you learn it, you will learn it. And I'm like, yeah. I get it. It's fun to run, but I'm like, it, once you learn that, like, we freak out. And I'm like, oh, heart rate's too high, slow down. Yeah. Like, I totally do that now. And it's made, I mean, even in the past year, I've actually listened to my own voice. Do more. as I say, not as yes. I do. You kind of does. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And because the girl that I started running with was slower than me. So I started doing all my long runs with her. And all of a sudden, I'm back to loving running. And I'm back to racing and, and absolutely loving it. You mentioned Derek, Derek Lowski. He was the yes. guest on episode two. Uh, yes. I talked to Jody Seminel yes. a couple of weeks ago as well. I mean, talk about interesting ends of the spectrum. <laughs> you have this, you know, both of them BQers. Yes. You have this yes. this guy now who's chasing, you know, sub 250 in Berlin. Yes. Jody running upwards of 250 <laughs> miles at races, 240 miles at races. Yep. Um, so you're, you're obviously dealing with a wide range of, of runners. What What is that process like in terms of trying to put together a plan <laughs> that will fit this person who has this time in mind, but also has this, these experiences, and this person who has this distance in mind, who has all these experiences. Yeah. It's crazy because if anybody who knows me knows that I have two huge notebooks. That is how I do it. I text them, not online. Not, I have notebooks. I saw it from Derek a few weeks ago. He showed yeah. me. A, he was like, "Yeah, here's what she sends me." It was just a That's picture it. of a of text. your yeah, writing, my yeah. writing. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I love so. It's my favorite thing about it is that I can open up my notebook and go, here's Derek. And I can look back and see everything I've done with him. And it's also fun because I'll write down their goals on the first page. And I, I can go back and be like, this is what you want to do. So it does get, it gets crazy this time of the year with everything coming up. All the fall marathons. Yes. It, all of them coming up. Um, but yet I will always go back to, you all need a base. Yeah. Everybody needs a base. And some people find me, can I do speed yet? I'm like, you haven't even done 20 miles a week. No, you don't get to do speed yet. Like, why would you add speed until you can run your goal mileage? Um at a slow pace, but it, it does, it gets difficult, but that's why I have my notebook and I know my people really well. You know, Jody's simple for me because I've, I don't know, six years, seven years, I've coached her for a long time. Derek's getting easier because I've known him long enough. I know what he likes to do. So I get to know my people and what they want to do. So I can kind of just look at their name and go, okay, this is what I need to do with this person. But it, it takes a while. Yeah. Especially with my newbies. I have no idea. He's got to figure out what they're to, doing. Yeah. And I need them to communicate me. That's another thing. Somebody will say, and I'm like, you can have as much or a little communication as you want with me, but if you don't tell me, I can't know. And that's one thing. I've had people ask me, can you just send me a, a three-month schedule? Absolutely not. I personally do not believe in them because my coach did that for me for a while. He would do like a six-week. Uh-huh. Well, we were getting to these times that every week could get faster. Well, I'm, I'm missing them. I, I can't hit them. Well, now I'm just setting myself up for failure. I don't want that. And we all get sick. People have kids. People... I need to be able to adjust that for you so you feel good about it. You know, and, and we all have bad weeks. Let me readjust it for it. So I just do a week on. I do every week and then just kind of adjust by, and I adjust by temperature too. Yeah. Um, another really bad week, I'm like, Derek, you're doing nothing but easy runs. He's like, thank you. <laughs> but you have to do that. You know, and that's also the reason I don't believe in like just a six week up to a, a marathon or whatever. I want to have build in time. I want to know that we have enough 20 milers. We have, you're going to be very well trained if I coach you. And 
And it's crazy. I got a hundred miler that one day was like, well, how much are you going to make me run? And I said, none of my hundred milers will set foot on the course unless they've done a seven hour, six hour weekend. Well, what? I go, think about it. You're going to be out there for 24 to 30 hours. Seven and six is 13. You have done half and that's over a weekend. So I'm like, people who I coach, you will be prepared. And the thing is, I'm like, you can never run too slow. I don't care how slow you run. Go, which is huge. And when people get it, it's awesome. And they don't, not. <laughs> you sound in a way like a therapist where you got it like the, you talked about the how you have to have these conversations. There has yeah. to be some honesty from the runner themselves of like, yes. this didn't go very well or this actually was too difficult yes. or whatever it is. Yes. And it's that's the thing that I always tell people. I can't, I may not be everybody's coach, right? And I, you know, I've had coaches before that like Paul, I wanted to do really well for. Um, I've had coaches like everybody knows Ann Ringland and is the most amazing person in the world out of, you know, Lincoln. And Anne was always too sweet to me. She'd be like, oh, you, you're fine. And I'm like, Anne, you need to be mean. You need to tell me to get my I head on my truth. ass. Yes. Like, you know, so there's different coaching styles. And it is hard to find that in every athlete. But I'm like, you got to tell me yeah. or I can't help you. So that is that is the most challenging part is figuring out. Um, but they need to be true themselves. Like, you need to tell me if it's too hard. And is it too hard because you ran your easy miles too hard? Is it because you stayed up late last night? Why is it too? And is it, again, I have never done a workout that I get done and go, that was so freaking easy. Like they feel good, but they should be a challenge. So are they a challenge because you haven't done this before? Or are they a challenge because it's we're reaching too far? And I need to know that, which is hard. What are the nerves like um, as a coach on a race day mm-hmm. for your athlete versus the nerves as a competitor? Oh, God. In a big race. It's, it's almost... It's almost worse because I have no control at the time they get up there, you know, and I'm like, okay, they did everything. Are they going to, you know, my always thing is like, don't go out too fast. Don't go out too fast. Just, you've got this. You've, and the biggest, Put in the work. Yes. Hayes and, in the barn. And that's my thing. It's, it's the mind, right? Yeah. It is 100. And I can't tell you how many of my athletes, you know, finally have the breakthrough. And it can be 10 races in before they finally go, oh, when I'm tired at mile 22, I'm not really tired. But that's a hard thing to learn that, okay, I can keep going. I might have to slow down a titch. I don't need to walk. I can keep going. And just watching that when I can watch on, okay, here's 22. Okay, they're still on. I mean, huge celebration for me. Um, and that's my way of to keep giving into the community. Not that running fast gives to the community, but that's how I felt. So now it's, it's yeah, it's amazing. And, and so my nerves are probably worse. A lot of times I try to have a long run during it. <laughs> like not even going to look till they're done. So that helps. But I'm always like stopping and trying to pull out my phone. I'm like, quit looking. You're not in control anymore. What's so, your favorite part about coaching? Meeting new people, learning new people, and 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 honestly, just seeing the click, seeing the finally of like, oh, this makes sense. Like, probably one of my favorite long distance runner stories. Um, a guy named David Rhodes. He actually ran collegiately for Lincoln. I met him at actually I went and did a talk um, at Millard North about safe running, and one of the girls came up and she said, "Hey, you need to meet." David and his wife, they're both runners, blah, blah, blah. I said, okay, great. And he's like, hey, I'm always looking for people to run with. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, I run early in the morning. And I'm like, hey, my friend Scott and their group, they run at 530 every morning from Lifetime at the time. You know, I'm like, if you want to meet him, he's like, I go, wait, wait, wait. How fast do you run? Because they all run slow, you know. And he's like, oh, I run about 645, 7. And I'm like, and of course my mind's spin. I go, oh, my God. I go, what's your marathon PR? And he goes, 313, 314. And I'm like, what? And I go, well, Scott's is 244, but he's going to run 845. And he's like, no, 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 I'll run, I'll run whatever. I'll go. 
So he runs with Scott for a little bit, and Scott tells him, like, listen, it really works. So then we do market to market with him. Uh-huh. That it was it was Iowa one, so it'd be in May or whatever. And I'm like, he's like, I would love for you to coach me. I'm like, I would love to coach you, but you gotta slow down. He's like, I'll do anything. I go, what is your PR? He's like, 314. I'm like, what? And here at Market to Market, he's blowing off five minute pay, getting faster every leg. And I'm like, this makes no sense. Yeah. Like, you're obviously very talented. He's like, can't do it. So fast forward, it was not till the next fall. They had moved to Oklahoma. He contacts me. I'm like, oh, he's like, okay, I, I want you to coach me. I said, okay, for this next month, I want you to slow down. And he loves miles. He's also, by the way, he's a freaking surgeon. Homeschools five, either five or six kids. <laughs> and he's a mate. So he goes out at 4.30 in the morning and uh-huh. runs and always happy. And so I talked to him after a month. He's like, okay, this month I was doing, I think, like 90 to 95 miles. He goes, I was running 845s. I love it. Oh, my God, this is amazing. Okay, great. All right, so David, what's your goal? He's like, sub three. I'm like, okay, obviously this is easy for you. So I'm like, all right, we're going to start with this, kind of see what happens. I'm like, the workout's going to be easy because they're going to be 651, <laughs> which is what you were running. So we do that. About a month later, I'm like, okay, what do you think? And I go, I go, why don't we go down to um, 255, 250, 255. He goes, okay. So I'm giving him these workouts, and they're you know, 16, 17-mile workouts during the week plus his long run. Slow him way down. He's running race pace. That's it. And then easy stuff. So the week of the race, he's like, okay, what do you think? And he was doing Mesa. So I'm like, okay, it's downhill. You got to hold back. Are you sure? Yes. And I said, what is your goal? Sub three. I said, I'm going to tell you right now, I know you can run sub 240. I said, with what you've done, you're insane. But I said, if your goal is truly three hours, sub three, 255, let's start there. And he's like, I'll do whatever you say. I said, okay, so you're going to start at such and such pace and you're going to stay there. And you're going to stay there for 13 miles. And I said, you can cut it down after that. You're fast enough. You can do it. They say, I get done with my long run. Phone rings. I answer it. And he's like, are you ready? I'm like, yes. 238. Oh, my gosh. And he just starts laughing. He's like, you slowed me down. You don't let me hardly do any speed miles. And this is what I did. And it was amazing. He just literally, he negative splitted. I mean, he was down to some ungodly amount in his yeah. last 10K. But he's I'm like, that's all it took. Like, And that is just, I mean, chills, right? Yeah. Like, the guy had it. Yeah. He was fit. Just had to figure out fit. how to unlock it. He just it. had to figure it. Yep. So, oh. and then he think he ran another one a few months later and ran another like 238 or 237 again. So, God, that's awesome. So, it is. It's just amazing when people finally get it and like how good you. That's my thing, I guess, more than anything. I want people to feel good when they're running. Like, it is my pet peeve when I'm out at the lake and I see these people just. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, slow down. Like, that's not running supposed to be. You know, and people, when they would meet, oh my God, you ran Olympic trials. How fast do you run? I'm like, I don't. Yeah, you do. No, I don't. Look at me on Strava. I'm an old lady. Like, people see me and think I'm dying, but I can still run, not fast, but fast-ish, you know? But I'm like, if you would just slow down, you would love running, you'd be able to run more, and you'd get fast. And I, I mean, I truly, I just want people to love it because it's such a great sport. Yeah. You, it's, you know, and not anything against Orange Theory and CrossFit and all that stuff, but people perceive that you're supposed to hurt like crazy every day, right? Yes. That is not running. Yes. That is not a good long distance runner. And if I, that's what we have to get through to people. It's, it's not, it's not, but they think it's just glorious to be hurting every day. And I'm like, no, I'm like, I stop and talk to deer. I, I mean, I really do. Like my runs, and I'm sure you guys are too. I mean, it is hanging out with your friend. Yeah. You, and that's, we just laugh. I'm like, we just sit there and talk the whole 20 miles about, and not even thinking about running. You know, it's, it's awesome. And if people could just learn that, how many more people would love the sport and, and, and run well and run well, honestly. Uh- you were inducted into the Omaha Running Club uh, Hall of Fame back in 2018. I was. What did that mean? That was awesome. I'll tell you that. 
And the number of people who came out that day, um, and that's what I said that day, I'm like, the running community that has been my family, you know, um, and, and I will say that, you know, and, and for me, I really saw that, um, you know, you know, my nephew was killed while running um, on a gravel road in trainer. And that was when I really saw like the running community as my family. You know what I mean? And that's exactly how I felt when I got inducted. I'm like, oh, my God, look at these people like this is. People didn't just care that I was a good runner, like I was able to make relationships and touch those people and yeah, I mean, to me, that's that to me is still honestly my biggest accomplishment, probably even bigger than Olympic trials, to be honest, to be known in the Omaha running community that that's what I did, you know. So, yeah, it was huge for me. What is your favorite part about running? Oh, geez, there's too many things. I, I just love being out. You know, I mean, my. Yeah, what I feel, what I feel when I'm done. And, and, and now for me, like accomplishing I'm just in this really weird place right now with running that is amazing. Um, so five years ago, I ran, so I think it was the same year, I think my my dad passed away completely unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually like with with bad things happening in my life, I go to running more and that's kind of when I, I kind of was, str- I still was running, but I was kind of struggling with it. And then I did um, Marine Corps Marathon. And I kind of had a weird injury before. We didn't really know what was going on. We thought I had a high hamstring. I had a tear, but it wasn't bad enough that I needed it fixed. I had an injection, but my leg just wasn't, it was just weird. And as soon as I started the race, I was actually running a Scott Haug. And I'm like, I, I don't, I can't go. Like, I don't know what's wrong. Ran over four hours that day. I mean, I've never ran over 330 or 316 or three, whatever. And I mean, it sucked. Every step, I mean, my heart rate was skyrocketing. We actually checked me for like pulmonary embolisms. And I was like, I don't know what's wrong. Kept trying to run, but just hated it. I mean, I just really struggled again. And at that point, I'm like, well, I'm not going to break three. Why should I ever try again? This is dumb. I don't want to do it. And so I said I was done. I said I, would, I will never run a marathon again. It was 51 and done. Um, I was running some 50 milers, but, never, but I was kind of done training. I was running miles, but I was not. I used to train very hard. I was done. I didn't do workouts. I did a little bit, but never pushed myself. So my friend, Laura, that is my training partner, I had started coaching her a couple of years ago. And last, about this time, a little earlier than this last summer, we were running some workouts together and, or just running together. And she's like, would you be happy with the 315? And I was like, well, I'd be an idiot not to be at the time. I'm like, I'm 47. I should be happy with that. I'm like, let me think about it. And I was like, yeah, let's train. So whole new thing for me. Like we ran that, we ran Des Moines. One of the best days of my life. I talked the whole race, mm. got her to a shiny new PR, loved everything about it. Everything about that race. I'm like, and this is why I used to run. Not because I was good. I started because I loved it. I yelled at everybody I could yell at. I high-fived people. That is how I started. So now that's kind of back. And I still am not pushing quite as much as I should maybe, but I'm loving it. I'm, I'm back to love. And we're doing workouts. And again, and I've kind of erased my memory finally. Like, it used to be every time I'd go out for a, you know, a workout, I used to do 6.15, I used to, that's gone. Like, yes, I'm doing 7.15 and I love it. I feel good. So somehow I've erased all those memories that were, that I, you know, it's just weird. Like now I'm loving running again. Before, I, I can tell you the last 10 years was probably always beating myself up. Like you're not fast enough. You're not gonna, now I'm like, I am ecstatic that I'm doing this. So it's awesome. I'm totally in a new place again. So hopefully I can 
hold on to it for a while. Well, along those lines, I finish every podcast asking my guests about what they're chasing. It could be a literal time goal. It could be qualifying for something or it could just be a feeling. Christy Nielsen, what are you chasing? Uh, so I'm going to go to Wine Glass Marathon October 1st. Um, and our goal is 310. And I think that we can do it. And then three weeks later, I'm going to do Yippee Kaye 50K again. So last year I did it six days after a marathon. Not smart. Um, and I would like to go sub four there at Yippee Kaye this year. I just, again, ran it, never really did it very seriously. And now I think I'm going to do it a little more seriously. So, yeah. And then just I just want to continue. Like, that's the difference in me now is I now look at things that I want to continue running as long as I can. Before, I never thought that right. You know, I, I used to love being tired, love being sore. Now I, you know, is this a bad thing or is this a good thing? So there's a total difference in me, which, again, people who knew me back then are like, oh, my God, you take days off. I'm like, yes, I do. And I love them learning how much it, it works better for me. And I just, I need to learn more about the aging athlete, I think. Because that's my other thing, is just kind of figure out more things. Because I've never been a good supplement person. I've never been a good, I want to learn more about what I can do to make me and my athletes better through through those kind of things. So, yeah. Christy Nielsen, thanks for joining me today on Chasing Three Hours. Absolutely. Thanks again to Christy Nielsen for joining me on today's episode. Thanks to Ian Alio for production assistance, as well as music and sound design. Thanks to Riss for the cover art. Head to Chasing3Hours.com for more from me, including my weekly newsletter, as I write about my experience training for the 2024 Boston Marathon. If you liked what you heard today, be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and maybe share with a friend as well. New episodes will drop on Friday mornings. Enjoy your long run this weekend.